Hey, I'm Rachel, and welcome to Black Glass. This podcast is my love letter to blackness and fashion. On this week's episode, we hear from costume designer and stylist Sean Barton, whose career has made beautiful noise throughout the entertainment industry. Here's Sean. The year 2011. The setting, the SLS Hotel Poolside. I've been uh, working with Outcast uh, as their stylist for, geez, over 10 years or more than that. And in that environment, I would be around their, their friends and CeeLo Green, not only a friend, but part of their group, the Dungeon family. And so he wants to sit with me uh, to have a meeting about possibly styling him. So I meet him at the hotel. It was in February, but it was hot for some reason. And we're sitting outside and, you know, we're having just all kinds of conversations. Anytime you're sitting down with Zero Green, you're having a lot of great conversation. My goodness, from music to just his, his span of knowledge is just wild and awesome. So we're sitting, we're talking, and he says, uh, easy. You remember the Muppets when uh, Elton John was on there? I was just like, of course. That was like the greatest episode, you know? And he's like, they're doing Crocodile Rock. Absolutely, I remember. Well, I'm thinking that that's what I want to do for the Grammys. Okay. Didn't know we were having a Grammy meeting, but sure. Okay. Thinking to myself, wow, that's a little out there, but okay. Getting face on. Um, how long do we have? Well, the Grammys are in two weeks, but I'm leaving tomorrow until uh, it's pretty much time to be on stage. So, okay, so let's do this. Let's do this. He's like, pull it up on your computer. Pull it up on my computer, watching it. You know, he's like, I want to do the 2011 version of this. What would that look like? <laughs> that was the beginning of my 2011 Grammy costume for CeeLo Green. He leaves town. I have now started the process of what does this look like or what would this look like in 2011. I researched it out, you know, try to figure out a way for it to flow well, uh, that he wouldn't burn up on stage in it and that it would read uh, on stage what we wanted it to look like, you know? Like, you can have an idea in your brain, but when you see it uh, against a set or or on a stage, it could all be different. (laughs) So I reached out to a designer. We swapped ideas. She started working on it. The process was very tedious. Each feather had to be ordered all while doing this he's not around to have fittings or to approve anything I mean I would send him photos of the process but it's very different when you're seeing it in person so I had to really rely on his trust that everything was going to uh, turn out okay because there was no plan b you see this was it this was it so it had to work because We didn't have any days to produce anything else, and the process was a little nerve-wracking because some of the feathers weren't in stock. You know, how do we make this 
look spectacular without possibly looking foolish. Here we go. Days are rolling by. Feathers aren't being able to be found. One of my friends was able to create the breastplate uh, that was for this costume. Uh, He's a welder, and he literally had to weld this armor together because, you know, that was such like a significant part of the costume. Everything's moving and grooving, and the construction of this costume is being done, and I'm sending him photos, and he's sending me notes, and trying to tweak it from his notes and you know I'm kind of uh really anxious because you know it's a lot of feathers I'm looking at a lot of feathers here and it could look nuts but I would never let him know that because this is the only costume that we have and he has no room to change it so here we are The costume is pretty much done. He comes to L.A. and we're having a fitting. And once it's on his body, he is starting to feel a little nervous about this costume. You know, first of all, it's beyond hot. It's like he's wearing an Easy Bake oven. It's so hot and he's sweating in the rehearsal, I mean, in the uh, dressing fitting in the fitting and I'm stressed because I a want him to be comfortable and B he's not. <laughs> so with complete game face, like, you know, we're going to make this work. This is working. He's depending on me and my comfort and, you know, my fearlessness in this. So I have to make sure that he's good. So we're trying on the costume, you know, the armor that my friend created wasn't big enough. So here he comes with his uh, materials that he uses and is welding, literally welding CeeLo in this costume. And it just is a lot of costume. And we're looking in the mirror and he's looking at me and he's like, you know, BZ, I don't know. And I'm like, hey, what I do know is no one in this world is going to have this costume on but you. And the other cool thing about this is I was actually able to design what the Muppets were wearing because the Muppets were going to be a part of the performance. I got to go to Jim Henson's studio and sit with the puppeteers and create what they're going to be wearing in the in the performance with CeeLo. So that was really awesome. So I was able to tie it in with CeeLo and letting him know that, you know, he he really was depending on me to make sure that this worked in his absence. So that was my job and that was what I was there for. We are at the dress rehearsal for the show. Normally before the Grammys air, they do a run through a dress rehearsal so they can see what everyone is wearing and there aren't any nipple slips or any outfits that people are going to be offended by. So they have this dress rehearsal before the show. I didn't want uh, anyone to see this amazing costume. So I really had to, you know, stand firm in my no one is seeing him in this costume argument that I was having with the producers. And sure enough, they let me get by with not having him do a dress rehearsal, which gave us more time to sort of tweak the costume. And, you know, I added the headpiece on it to, you know, just sort of really tie it all together. 
So it's the day of the show. Uh, I tend to get to my workspace really early so I can prepare and, you know, just get my mind right and be in a in a very uh, zen space so that it's important to me to create a space where uh, everyone is comfortable. You know, if I'm uncomfortable, everyone will read that and my energy is really strong. And so it just will, it will become a part of the room and that's never cool. So I get there early. I'm, you know, in a great space. All my friends knew that this was a pretty big deal. Uh, one of my, my dear friends is Jennifer Lopez, and she was my, my source of peace. And she saw CeeLo become this amazing um, character of feathers, if you will. It was magical as he put on his costume, and, you know, they give you a 20-minute warning when it's time to hit the stage. So we're backstage getting him ready. I felt like a boxing coach, and he was like my Ali, and he's putting on his costume, and he literally is becoming this 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 person, this character of feathers. He was feeling it, and we're walking down um, the dressing room area. The first person that we saw uh, was Will Smith, and he just started clapping and had the biggest smile on his face and then the next person we saw was Justin Bieber he was walking back from the stage and he just stopped everyone just stopped and like you know gave us our space to walk down the middle of the uh, of the hallway and it, it was like watching Ali go to the boxing ring it was I it's something I'll always remember because it was just so dope to witness and every person that clapped and stopped I could tell CeeLo was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and that big old smile of his just like lit up everybody you know so we're walking backstage uh Beyonce had just finished her set and Gwyneth Paltrow her best friend was performing with us for this uh, song and so she was coming down the stairs as we were going up the stairs and she just started cheering. She was just, it, the costume was that magical, you know? And she's like, I gotta watch this. So she's backstage watching the show. I go in the front, set up CeeLo, make sure that he's fine before they start filming. He's pouring sweat. I felt so bad because he was just like a water fountain, but he was ready to go. They gave me my two second warning. I flew off the stage, went backstage, and it was just like a mob of people in front of this one monitor watching this magic happen. He killed it, and it was just a, a wonderful, a wonderful experience. You know, we left right after and we hopped on a plane to go to, I think it was London. We had to do another show in London. Uh, once I landed in London and I woke up the next morning to all kinds of publications wanting to know about this costume. And, I, and it was just, it was just one of those memories that I'll always cherish and I'll always remember and, you know, we went on to have more magical moments. You know, he had a couple of seasons on The Voice, and I was with him on that. And we just were able to create magic. And 
I've been able to do that pretty much my whole career. And um, I love it. I love being able to bring to life uh, whatever someone wants. You know, I believe that that is my gifting, is pulling out the magic in people. I'm Sean Barton, and I am the magic maker. Thank you so much, Sean. Your light and your joy will be an inspiration to all that hear. And thank you for listening. Black Glass is supported by the Mention to Mantra and can be heard anywhere you get your podcasts. Till next time, 